Hey, welcome to the Echo Youth Podcast, where we're going to talk about the Bible, how it applies to our daily lives, and have a lot of fun while we're doing it. My name is Brett Westerfield, and my wife and I are the youth pastors of Echo Youth Ministries at South Coast Christian in San Juan Capistrano, California. And I'm joined today by one of our youth leaders, Ben Wallace. Let's get it. Welcome back to the Echo Youth Podcast. This is episode... Uh, 64. 64. So we're uh, trucking along here, having a good time. Yeah, we are. Uh, we're going to get right into it because we're actually recording this on a Saturday night, uh, kind of late. <laughs> and so... Yep. Uh, we, we got church in the morning. Yeah, we don't want to be tired for the church tomorrow, but uh, we just got done watching... Uh, UFC fight night, and then we watched the Jake Paul versus Ben Askren fight, which uh, I actually wouldn't recommend to anybody no. who is um, of the younger age, because I didn't realize that the commentators could just say whatever they want. Yeah, kind of literally vulgar. the whole time. It's kind of vulgar, but it's... Not to mention the shows they had were horrible. We yeah. turned them off. <laughs> yeah, so I don't recommend at all, but anywho... um. We're going to read John chapter 9 uh, today, which is a, a cool story, and then uh, we're going to draft um, something special. Something we'll cool tell you when end. that comes, huh? <laughs> yes. All right, so let's get right into it. Uh, John chapter 9, here we go. Um, ben, I have our microphones down a little bit to minimize the buzz, so we'll have to stay nice and close. 10-4, good buddy. Um Okay, so John chapter 9, Jesus heals a man born blind. So this is actually interesting because the entire chapter is just this story. And the only really the beginning part is the miracle. And then like three-fourths of this story is just the aftermath. And like almost this like yeah, argument. happened because like, of it. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. So we'll try and give you our best input here. But So the cool part about it is Jesus passed by a man that was born blind. Um. And uh, and his disciples asked Jesus, Rabbi, who sinned, uh, this man or his parents, that he was blind? So the reason they say that is because back in that day, um, for some reason, they believed that. And I think it was probably a misinterpretation of um, previous scripture, like Exodus 34, when uh, Yahweh himself talks about um, holding... Um, folks accountable for sins up to the third and fourth generation. I think that was uh, potentially misunderstood a little bit. And so, and so here's where, here's where probably that came, that idea came from. Um, and I don't, I don't, my personal view on that scripture is I don't know that, I don't know that God necessarily takes out punishment on people's kids and their grandkids and their grandkids and the, or on their kids, like for the sins of the father. I think God lets it play out to a certain extent Meaning that there's, and I preached about this a couple of weeks ago, meaning that there's like, there's real life implications to sin. Like if I kill somebody, like there's real life implications on both sides of, of the, that what interaction happened? that is going to play out for generations, right? Yeah. Uh, well, you have to think, sin has consequence on yeah. earth and eternally. Yeah. So, so I think, I don't think, I think that's more so what God is saying is that he lets, he lets the, the consequence of it, the the aftermath, the kind of domino effect play out. 
as so that so that we can see how devastating sin can be. I don't think necessarily God is punishing people for the sins of their grandparents. Mm-hmm. Um, I could be wrong, but that's just my view on it. And uh, and I also think it's a ratioed thing. So like the, we forget like a couple of scriptures before, even like I think it's a sentence before uh, Yahweh talks about how he uh, forgives and blesses the generations to the thousands, like thousands of generations, he's blessing mm-hmm. people. And then after that, he says he did, but he does not, um, let the guilty go unpunished, holding their transgressions to the third and fourth generation. So you get three and four versus a thousand, right? So the God's mercy and goodness is so much bigger than, than the punishment. Um, oftentimes. So anyways, it's just good perspective yep. uh, to have, but so that's what the disciples were thinking is that someone sinned. So this man was blind. Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. And so, uh, basically Jesus is saying here that sometimes, and I wouldn't say this is all the time, and so I wouldn't, I wouldn't read too far into this, but, but sometimes God allows people to go through hardships and suffering and things like that so that he can be glorified in it. And I think this is reflected in later on in, in, in Paul's writings, when Paul talks about rejoicing in, in suffering and transgressions mm-hmm. and things like that, um, which is really hard to do. And I think he talks about that in 1 Corinthians. Um, for sure, First and 2nd. Uh, I think 2nd yeah. Corinthians too. Uh, but he talks about like rejoicing in hard times and, and weakness and things like that, which seems so countercultural to us. But I think that's what it's kind of echoing here, is that in, in this tough situation god might be glorified in it in in a couple different ways one if like this man just believes in faith and lives a life like filled with god's grace like that's a testimony to god or like this like a miracle um so that god can be glorified in that too and so um anyway so then he says some other things he says he's the light of the world and then having said these things he spits on the ground and made mud with the saliva most yeah here we go this is yeah this is kind of weird but most people most folks and most scholars don't really know why he did that, obviously. Like, they weren't there. Yeah. Um, but there is a cool take on it that I don't know if this is true. So, I mean, I'm not I'm not saying this is ironclad what Jesus was thinking, but it could be. It's a cool thought that Jesus in this section was, was kind of mirroring or um, echoing or reflecting kind of uh, an idea of creation story where mm. where God breathed life into the dirt and so to to then restore this man's sight he picks up the dirt again and like and spits on it right and then and then uses that to reclaim uh, this man's sight so I don't know that seems pretty cool and so <laughs> if that's the reason it seems sick cool we'll ask God when we get to heaven but uh but in any event, I think it's a relative non-factor of why Jesus used mud, but because it's more so that mud hadn't ever been used to bring yeah, sight like, back. Yeah, to let's somebody. try this. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, okay, here we'll uh, we'll give this a, give this the old shot, right? And uh, so he does. So it's pretty cool. And then basically the rest of the chapter is this big, like almost argument conversation between the higher ups in the Jewish religion and this man. And so they're like going back and forth, arguing and stuff. And then, uh, but others said, because they were c- trying to say that Jesus was a sinner. Jesus was not from God. Jesus was evil. 
And someone says, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And then there was a division among them, the Bible says. Yep. So these people were divided on their thoughts. Some thought Jesus Some was, believed he was a prophet or the Messiah. Some yeah. believed. And some believed he was yep. evil because he didn't practice Sabbath and because he didn't, you know. Which, Disobeyed which, what they thought was protocol. Yeah, which Jesus practiced Sabbath. He just didn't practice it how they thought he should, if that makes sense. In like sense. a time sense. And like a, yeah. yeah, because he healed people and because he like helps people on Sabbath. They think he was, but anyways, uh, and then someone said he's a prophet, right? So then they go to this, the, the higher ups, the Pharisees and Sadducees and stuff. They go to the man who was healed. They go to his parents <laughs> and they ask him, <laughs> they say, Hey, was this homie really blind? Yeah. Cause they don't believe he was blind, blind at the beginning, which I get that. Like, I mean, I've been in some like church services where someone gets healed of their sight or someone gets healed of back problems and, and, and the, 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 and part of me wants to be like, oh, was that real? Was that, you know, were they really healed? And so I understand the thought process. Mm-hmm. Um, but so they go and ask the parents and uh, his parents said, yeah, he was blind when he was born. He's been blind his whole life. Why he's not blind or who blind, who healed him of his blindness? Like we don't know. And then it kind of funny. It says his parents said these things because they feared the Jews, not all Jews, but the, Pharisees and the leaders. the leaders and the rabbis and stuff. For the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. So they were going to kick them out, basically exile them. Uh, not exile in geography, but exile in spirit in terms of like exnaying them from the Jewish religion and the synagogue and things like that. So it was a big deal. So his parents said, he's of age, ask him. <laughs> basically yeah, saying he's he can a big, speak for himself. Yeah, he's a big boy. Talk to him. Um, and then the man says, you know, one thing I do know now is that I was blind and now I see. Because he says, he says I, I, I don't know if Jesus is a sinner or not. He goes, the only thing I know is I used to be blind and now I can see. Yeah, all I, I know see. is he did the thing and yeah. my eyes work now. Which is a really powerful statement. And I think that's a kind of a testament to a lot of us and how we can live our lives is like, look, I... Mm-hmm. I I don't necessarily know everything about Jesus. I'm trying my best to know as much as I possibly can. And I'm trying my best to be in relationship with him, Mm -hmm. but I know I was blind and now I can see, right? Like that's a really powerful statement. It's like sometimes we could preach the gospel of telling people, telling people, telling people who Jesus is and telling people about him, which is great. But until someone experiences him for himself, sometimes it's hard, right? So, uh, anywho, so it moves on and, and so uh, these guys, they're still arguing. These these Pharisees are arguing with them. Saying, yeah, they really don't want him to be <laughs> the Messiah. Yeah, they basically tell him, like, okay, you're a disciple of Jesus, and we're disciples of Moses. He Moses spoke to God. We don't know about this Jesus guy, blah, 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 right? And then the man answered, why, this is an amazing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. Yeah. He says, we, we know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. So he's basically saying, there's no way that Jesus could heal me in the name of, of Yahweh if while being a sinner. sinner. Yeah, yeah, there's no way, which he makes a good point. And then, and then he says, never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, you were born in utter sin and you would teach us. And then they cast him out. So they're basically saying like, like they, they stopped the argument because they knew he was right. You know, yeah. he's like, he's like saying all these things. And they said, well, you were born in utter sin. 
and you're trying to teach us, which actually speaks to their heart, which they were born in utter sin too. Yeah, that, they don't realize that. So they're 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 equating this guy's blindness to like this like past of past sin, sin and like things like that, but but all of us were born sinners, and and so that's kind of the disconnect that we see that Jesus is bringing back uh, to folks in the in the New Testament. Um, and then Jesus later on says, because they over Jesus says something to. Um, this guy and they overhear him and so he says for judgment I came into this world that those who do not see may see and those who see may become blind which I think is super super cool yeah line. and that that kind of plays to like I've been really I've been talking to Danielle about this but I've been really thinking about like the the like having the mind and heart of like a child and how the Bible talks references children a lot of how to like act and um, how to have faith, like the faith of a child. And yeah. I think that's, I think it's some of it. Like there's this, there's this beautiful, like naiveness that needs to come from us. Not necessarily in the way that we are like weak minded folks or like simple or anything like that. But mm-hmm. like more so saying that like we sometimes blindly trust God and that's okay. Yeah. And it's so hard to say that in this world and like to, to, to not feel like that's a terrible thing. Like, no, everybody wants to use logic. And the, yeah, I don't want to blindly trust something. And I believe in, like, getting the facts straight and doing this. But, like, there's you're, you're never going to prove, like, as much as much as you try, you can you can have these interactions with God where you believe 100% that he's real and he, sp- he spoke to you and things like that. But you're never going to prove that to anybody else. Yeah. Someone, someone who doesn't want to believe in God will never believe in God. Like you're, you're not going to prove His existence to them. And so there's this blind like following that sometimes we need to just like how Jesus is saying here: those who cannot see will see, and those who already think they can see will be well, blinded. Not, yeah, basically. And so, and it's so true. You think about these people who like you hear about these arguments against, you know, like apologetics and things like that. These people who are arguing are always using logic and science and things like this and Mm -hmm. what things they think to be science and, and these logical arguments. Well, well, what if God did this? What if God did this? And sorry, but like if God is God of the universe and he somehow fits into my brain, like I don't think he's a very powerful God. Like there has to be some aspect of him that I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, that's what Jesus is saying is if we go into this thinking we can see, Oh, we're going to be so blind. Because mm-hmm. like the things will just go right past us. We'll be trying to like give reasons for everything outside of God, whereas Jesus is saying like, "Hey, if we're relatively blind to things, like he he'll be able to use that and open our eyes to what he's doing." So yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty cool. That is some good stuff there, buddy. Any closing words before we move on to our draft? That was really quick, but I think it's good. Yeah, no, I just want to read right after that. It's the same exact thing, but it just says I just want to add it on. Um, as Jesus was saying that about being blind and stuff, a Pharisee was standing next to him and like heard him say that. So he went up to Jesus and said, uh, are you saying that we're blind? <laughs> just <laughs> kind of lazy. Hey bro, are you saying we're blind? Yeah. And then, uh, these words are just along the lines of what you just said, but I just think they're really cool in this translation too, which is NLT for me. Nice. Um, he goes, if you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty, but you remain guilty because you claim you can see. Yeah. That's just it's sick. Good. It's good. I just thought that was dope. No, it's it's really, really, really good. You mean you remain guilty because you're claiming you can see? Yeah, it's like it's it's like simple. It's like if you're actually blind. I mean, you have no clue. 
Yeah, like so I'm, you, you know, I'm I'm a youth pastor, so I have to like have some rules here and there, like up like appropriate dress, yeah, things like that. Especially we live in Southern California, so we go to the beach all the time. So you gotta make sure we have to, up the protocol here. Yeah, so we have things that we have to like make sure are appropriate. Like oh, we can't have young youth guys rolling out in speedos. Uh, you know, to the youth events and we can't have our young ladies, you know, like showing their butt cheeks everywhere. Sorry for the crudeness, but like, that's a thing today that apparently everyone is, everybody's doing. Yeah. And so we have this kind of thing that like, Hey, if you feel like you need to ask me if it's inappropriate, it's probably just inappropriate. Just don't worry. It's something else. Yeah. You know? And, uh, um, I don't need to get into all that. Um, but but there is certain, you know, and even with guys, like sometimes we wear like shirts with like, like crude words on them and like, and a bad message. It's like, if you had to like question it and ask me, it's not good. Don't wear it, you know? Yeah. Or don't say it like, oh, hey, do you think I should say this to that person? If you're asking me that, you probably Probably shouldn't. not. Yeah. So it's kind of that thing. That's what Jesus is kind of saying. Like, hey, if you think, if you're wondering if you're guilty, you're probably guilty. So, <laughs> you're probably too far gone. Yeah. Not too far gone. You can always be redeemed, but you get the point. Speaking of bathing suits. After thinking about that, we're going to summer camp this year, and I'm so yeah, we are. Shout it out for those listening. Oh yeah, if you're listening and you, if you live in the Southern California area, or even if you don't, and you can somehow get here, uh, we're we'll bring you. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to camp. We literally will. Just DM us on Instagram, Echo Youth SCC. But we're going to camp June 22nd to 26th. Yep, yep. It's going to be awesome. It's in Big Bear, California. It's kind of this uh, Big Bear Lake, California. And uh, the camp is Camp Cedar Lake. Sweet. And it's awesome. It's going to be great. And so if you are uh, thinking, man, I need to go to camp, uh, hit us up and we'll get you there. And it'll be awesome. And uh, we're trying to bring. We're trying uh, to pack this sucker out. We promised we would bring 25. I'm trying to bring 50 kids up to this thing. That would be sweet. Um, So I think we already have about 23, 24 signed up. So let's get it. It's a good sign. Let's go. Anyway, so yeah, hit us up if you want to go. Hit um, us up. Now, for the draft. Let us know, Ben. Well, you need to do some research real quick. We didn't look who won the last one. Oh, I do need to do some so research. So while you do some research, let me just let you know what we're doing. We're doing, in the light of Jake Paul one-punching Ben Ashgren, wow. we're going to do the best sports moments. Yeah, because that was one of the worst. Yeah, that was definitely one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever seen in my life. Okay, let's, let's see. see. So we're gonna do we're gonna bring the morale around. We're gonna do a switch up, do the best. Have a try. Last week's draft. You can't do this to me. What was it? Um Activity to the Beach. Yeah, I don't think we ever posted it. I'm looking through our stories. Yeah, right that now. checks out. I don't think we did. I don't think we posted it. All right, so we'll, All right, have, so we'll have two this we'll week have two for next you. Week. So we're still standing at like, what is it, 34 and 24 or something? 34, like 24, and 1. Okay, so then. Uh, and 1. That'll get. Uh, so fixed. we'll have two up there. That'll be fixie pied this week. Yep. Um, Best sports moments coming at you after we rock, paper, skizzies. Ready? Yeah. Best sports moments. Yes, you're right. Okay, so we're going to rock, paper, scissors, and we're going to go into it. Sorry, there's a long pause right there. My bad. Here you're good. <laughs> rock, paper, skizzies, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. 
Dang, you Let's won. go. You have to keep going. Uh, I thought I was going to keep going, but I wasn't. Yeah, because you're garbage. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have a lot of good ones here. Yeah, that's fine. All right, I'm going to go with one. Either you love them or you hate them. I'm going to go with, I don't remember what number it was, but the uh, the Super Bowl where the Patriots came back on the Falcons. Yeah, I think that's I think it was Super Bowl. 40-something? Super Bowl L-I, whatever that is. I think it's 51. Yeah. Biggest Super Bowl comeback in the history of the Super Bowl. Yeah, it was 2016, I think. or It was a while ago. Yeah, because it was the one before the before the uh, uh, Eagles, I believe, right? So I think it was 2016. Mm-hmm. That was a crazy sports. It game. is 51. That was the one that that was the one that got um, Tom Brady his sixth sixth ring, ring. I believe. Yeah. Because the last one he won was this one. He's at no, seven. no, 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 no. That's wrong. It got him this fifth ring, which okay. put him ahead of Joe Montana, which was a big okay. deal. It was a really big okay. deal. So it got him his fifth ring because, yeah, he got his fourth against the Seahawks. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got his yeah. fifth against the Falcons and his sixth against the Rams. Oh, you're right. And then he, and then just he got, got his another seventh. one. Yeah. Because he got beat by the... Um, in between there, he lost, huh? I think he lost twice in between there. He got beat by the... Eagles. Oh, and then 2019 they didn't make it, but yeah. Sweet. Okay, well that's all I'm going with. 28 to three comeback. 51. The picture of Tom Brady lives in. In there of him kneeling down or him sitting on the bench, just head down, down 28 three to come back in overtime and win the Super Bowl. Yes, that's crazy. Um. Okay. I'm going to pick one that I'm going to steal from you. Okay. This should have been your number one overall pick, but you didn't pick it. I'm going to pick Miracle on the Ice. Yeah, I had it on my list. I just, hockey picks don't get me votes ever. It Um, is one of, it's probably my favorite sports moment just because I'm a huge hockey fan, but. It's crazy. I don't remember what year it was, but it was the Olympics. It was in the 80s, the 1980s Winter Olympics. 1980s Winter Olympics when the. uh, They were playing the Soviets. Yeah, they beat Russia. Um, yeah. When uh, USA was like super big underdogs. And super big uh, underdogs. And it was in the midst of like the Cold War. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so there was, there like was crazy deal. tension. Um, and so the, it was like the super emotional thing. Because I think, I'm trying to think back to it. Wasn't that when we, because there was a time when um, the USA wasn't allowed to have any professional athletes compete in the Olympics. I don't know if it was during that time. but cause there was I don't like, remember. There was also a basketball, uh, USA basketball, that they weren't allowed to use professional basketball players. They only used college players, mm. and they won, which was crazy. It was like the first like dream team type thing. And then I can't, I can't remember if that's how it was for. I can't remember off the top of my head. But the hockey, I, th- I have a feeling it was. I have a feeling that the. Ho- I mean, I know they were getting bodied in the Olympics, and they came yeah. back to win. So probably. I think they were just college kids. It's very possible. Anywho, great story, Ben. Your second pick. It is a great story, buddy. I'm going to go with, this is another one. You love them or you hate them. 
I'm going to go with LeBron James winning the NBA Finals in his hometown of Cleveland. Yes, I have that one on my list. 2016 is when that happened. Yep. Cleveland wins NBA Finals. So I do. Yeah. That was crazy because there was some so there was some build up to that that year. So the year before Steph they played Steph and Golden um, State State and uh, Clay Thompson and Draymond Green, those guys. Yeah. They played them the year before and lost because Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love both got injured. So it was like LeBron by himself versus them. So they lost. But it was a good series. And then the next year, they got Kyrie and Kevin Love back. And then so it was like both teams at full strength. Yeah. But in 2016, the Golden State Warriors went 72-3, and I believe, which was like the greatest. Regular uh, season record. Yeah, the greatest. Um, or 72-9, and I think it is. Because I think it's 81 games. 72-9. and I don't know. But it was the, it, whatever they got, it was the greatest regular season record of all time in NBA. Mm-hmm. So they were basically viewed as the best NBA team of all time. Uh, uh, yeah. And then uh, they were down 3-1 in the finals. Yeah, and they like, came back and won. Yeah, the Cavs were down 3-1, which you only need four wins to win the series. So they're That's down 3-1. Yeah. And so basically they've swept the rest of the series. And uh, it was a huge deal. I remember watching it at my house. It was crazy. I was going nuts because I'm, I'm a big uh, LeBron James basketball fan i don't want to get into all the political talk personal don't slide into my dm saying all all this craziness but um, as far as basketball goes he's arguably the goat so yeah i love him love him uh so good i need two shots all right okay um you're up buddy okay um i'm gonna pick Mine are kind of old school, but it's okay. I have a bunch of old ones, too. Okay, I'm going to go Jesse Owens wins four golds in the 1936 Summer Olympics. I had that one. So this one is like similar to the Miracle on the Ice, because Miracle on the Ice was during the Cold War. Um, um, but the 1936 Olympics, that was when uh, Nazi Germany was like, uh, really starting, well, basically kicking off and then full kind of full force at that point. Yeah. We hadn't gotten involved in, in the, the World, World War, War hadn't, II hadn't, started, hadn't yet. started yet, but Nazi Germany was like a thing. And so I guess there was like this big, uh, I think, because I, th- I think the Olympics were in Germany that year. You could fact check me on that. I don't know. But I think the Olympics in 1936 were in Germany. And so there was this like kind of like... Um, this idea of Hitler and Nazi Germany, like, like furthering their Aryan race. Like, yeah, they were in Berlin. They were in Berlin, Germany. So, uh, they, uh, so they were trying to further their, like Nazi, their, like, uh, Aryan race, which is like blonde hair, blue eyes, like kind of thing. And so they were, some people think even like the Olympics were relatively rigged that year to like have blonde hair, blue eyed people win all the events. And so Jesse Owens, Right, this like black sprinter from America, like mm-hmm. ruins all of those plans because he got four, four gold, gold medals. medals. It was just epic, and so it was, it was so good. And and it, um, Jesse Owens became an icon. And that was, if you think about it, what's crazy is that's 28 years before the civil rights movement, the civil rights uh, mm-hmm. in 1964. And so there was still like massive racism, segregation, and and terrible things in the U.S. 
but Jesse Owens like kind of put he, he just put that all on blast and was just like he just started like a yeah it's crazy awesome it's really cool so anyways that's my pick Jesse that's Owens that's a great pick 1936 four golds baby love that I'm gonna go with I think I have a one or two that I could steal late so I'm gonna go with oh, okay I'm gonna go with Tiger Woods winning the Masters after like a huge drought comes back and yep. wins the Masters Tiger Woods wins Masters. I don't remember what year. Well, he's that was. won five, <laughs> yeah. but this is the one he had like all his personal stuff. He got busted for some reckless driving stuff. Took a few well, years off. A, I'm pretty sure he had hip and knee surgery. Yeah, he had like a whole bunch of stuff go down for, and he hadn't won a major tournament in like five years or something. Yeah, and so he it, came back. Think, People thought he was like kind of washed, like his career was over. And even yeah. if it was over at that point, he was still the greatest golfer of all time. Yeah, it didn't and even matter. But he, he came, came back, back and won, won arguably the, the hardest tournament to win and at Augusta. And he still competes to this day. Like he just and got in an accident, but he would be competing like at a high level still he'd today. He'd still be on the tour. He'd still be doing all this stuff. Yeah, Tiger Woods is crazy. So that's my pick, buddy. That's a good pick. Um, I'm going to pick... I'm wondering if I should get like a more newer one. That's <laughs> um, your strategy here, boss. I know. I've got three more picks. I'm going to pick. Oh, shoot. I'm going to pick Jackie Robinson's first M major league game. I had that one, too. Uh, which was um, April 15th, 1947. Which, oh, April 15th. That was a couple of days ago. We missed it. Dang. It was two days ago. Um, it was the 17th. Yeah, we missed it. Bummer. Uh, the anniversary. But Jackie Robinson, um, so it's another big one. Similar to my Huge last pick. One. Jackie Robinson was the first, uh, uh, first African-American. Um, to make it to the major baseball. Yeah, to play in a major league baseball game. So um, that was also an. Like I said, 1947, so that's still... Still in the middle of a bad time. 17 years before the Civil Rights Movement, Civil um, Rights Act, I believe. Um, so that it was a big deal. So it was very dangerous at that time for... Um, very dangerous that at that time for Jackie Robinson to be playing in the major leagues because they, they had a whole separate league like a segregated league for black people and then a, a, and then the major leagues for white folks. And so it was a really big deal. Now um, Jackie Robinson is the only player in major league baseball history to have his number retired on every single team. Yeah. So no player in the history of baseball can ever wear number 42 again. It's retired forever, which is like, that's that's super a, awesome. it's like the biggest honor in all of sports to have your Jersey retired on every team yeah, in the league. League wide. That's all. That's crazy. Yeah. So, it's pretty cool. Jackie Robinson. Love it. Legend. I'm going to go with... This one might be a sleeper, but it's kind of dumb, like how crazy this is. But Michael Phelps winning eight gold medals. I, have, I, I was about to pick that. It was either that or, or the Jackie Robinson. Yeah. I, I believe he still holds the record for most gold medals in an Olympic. Yeah, he Like does. in a year, huh? Yeah. Swimmer, crazy. 
and he beat out to set he that record, record. He beat a most, swimmer, and it was like five. He holds the record for most Olympic medals overall. In general, yeah, which I think I he has like twenty-eight medals, which is ridiculous. It, yeah, eight like golds that. in one year, though. Yeah, because I crazy. think he, I think he medaled in other events, like on like relays and stuff. Yeah, he got silver. So I think he and got bronzes. like twelve medals that year, and he had eight of them were gold, which is wild. <clears throat> but I remember that 2008. I yeah, was 2008 Olympics. Let's see. How old was I in 2008? I was 13 in 2008. So that was like in middle school for me. I remember it. Yeah. I used to pretend to be Michael Phelps like in our pool. I'd like flap my arms like him. Like, you know, and he yeah, like he, wraps him around and he does the thing. He's um, a beast. But yeah, Michael Phelps was ridiculous. He takes in like, there was something I read. He takes in like eight when he was, uh, when he's competing. He takes in something crazy like eight to 12,000 calories a day. Yeah, well, he probably burns yeah, that much dude. in a workout. Yeah, and he's skinny. Yeah, he's he got the weirdest body type ever. His like torso is longer than his legs, like by a lot. <laughs> yeah, he looks kind of good. He's goofy. got dinky little legs and this big, giant torso. Yeah. But Michael Phelps is a legend, dude. That guy's crazy. Yeah, that is absolutely wild. 2008. How old were you in 2008? Eight. Oh, you were born in 2000? Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Michael Phelps, what a legend. That's right. a good pick. You're up, Chieftain. To, you have two more, right? Yeah, two more for you. Won't be open my door. Was that at Beijing? Yes. Bro, I'm good with the Olympics. Um, okay. I've got two more. Oh, man, this is going to be hard. I remember I was on a family vacation <clears throat> in Colorado watching that in a hotel room when, they won, when he won all this. Oh, you were? Yeah, it was crazy. My uncle was going crazy in the hotel room. Going bonkers. Yeah. I lived in Vegas at the time. I don't know what I was doing, but it was a big deal. Um, bro, why do I keep wanting to like just have the old, <laughs> the old ones? Greatest sports moments of all time. All right, let's see. There's a lot of stuff in like the past that's huge and just won't be beaten. Yeah, it's I mean, massive. Okay, I gotta pick it because it's legendary. It's one of the most legendary stories of all time. Okay. And everybody knows it. Even if you don't think you know it, you know it. But Babe Ruth calling a, calling shot, a shot in Game yeah. Three of the World Series in 1932. That was he said. This one's going out there. <laughs> yeah. So like, if you don't know what happened, obviously I wasn't there, and nobody, pretty much nobody alive right now was there. But um, which is crazy to think, because that's that's what 90 years ago now. Yeah. Yeah. That's 90 years ago now. So most people alive so weren't there. Some people alive, but very, very few, few were over the age of three. Yeah, you know? when so this That's happened. crazy. That's a whole... It's gone. People, that, yeah. That whole generation's gone. That's wild. Anyways, Babe Ruth, legend. Mm-hmm. He... um. In Game Three of the World Series, so this is like the biggest, the biggest stage of baseball, biggest stage of baseball. It's like the Super Bowl. Uh, world, Game Three of the World Series. He get, comes up to bat and he points out to center field, saying like he's gonna send his ball there. He points out, I think it's center field or left field, something like that. And he points to basically where he's gonna hit it, and he hits it directly where he pointed. He points yeah. and then swings and boom, it goes hits right it where he wanted it to go. Yeah, it's the one of the most legendary things you see. Like little kids playing baseball to this day, they'll point, so they'll point, point their out shot. to the outfield, and it's crazy. So that was one of the better sports moments of all time, I think. Yeah, I agree. All right, what's your last pick? Um, I'm going to go with, I've got like 
four left. So there'll be some good uh, honorable mentions here. Yeah, this is my last one that like I even have on my list. I have some off the head, but I'm going to go with Michael Jordan. Okay. Shooting the last jump shot to win this series. Oh, versus Cleveland? Versus. Or is it Chicago? He was on Chicago Bulls. Oh, yeah, yeah. Versus Cleveland. Versus Cleveland. Yep. This is with five point whatever seconds left. Yeah, the timing was perfect. There was like five seconds. He shoots. uh, It was just a two-point shot. Makes it. Wins the entire series. It was like their sixth championship in eight years or something. Yeah, I don't remember what number championship that was. I don't know which one. It was his last shot. This was before he just called it. Um, was it, well, he called it twice because remember he left yeah, and, and then, played baseball. He, so yeah, it was either he was, like, it was either back. after the third one or after the sixth one. Yeah, he went remember. on to play. It's probably after the third one because he went on to play. Um, I'm gonna look it up actually, just because I'm curious. Because it was 1989. I think that was after his third. His third title. It said that win uh, delivered their sixth cha- championship in eight seasons. So I think it's after the sixth. Oh. It's the last game he he did, or last well, last uh, championship. championship he won with them. Hmm. Dude, nice. six and eight years is ridiculous That's for one. Well, the crazier thing is, in eight years, I think one or two of those years he left to go play baseball. So he won three. He left. He came back and won another three. Yeah, that's dumb. Which is wild. So they could have. They probably could have won six straight. Yeah, probably. Which is crazy. But anyways, yeah, that shot is uh, legendary. Yeah, that shot's crazy. He um. If you like have ever watched like sports highlights, you've probably seen that shot. You've definitely seen that shot. It's the one where he like he he goes he crossed he squ- the homie. He squares up and he jumps and in the air he's like floating. He shoots a shot and then after it's like the the famous like fist pump where he's like just fist pump in the air like for over and over and over again. Um but yeah, that's that's probably Michael Jordan's most legendary shot. Yep. Well, right there with Jumpman in the dunk contest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, now I can't decide. Well, you helped me decide because that was one of the four I had left. Now I have three left. Uh, let's see. MJ. The shot. Okay, now I have three left. And I don't know what I'm going to pick. One is like a heartthrob, iconic moment. Another one is like one of the craziest moments. Sure, call, and then the other one I'm not going to pick. You can talk about them all. Well, the one I'm not going to pick is Devin Hester houses the opening kickoff in oh, Super Bowl okay. 40 something. I don't, I don't know. I think it was. Most, I know the play because I've seen it on like clips, but I'm not Super the most well versed. But it is crazy to think. So, backstory on that. I'm not going to pick it though. But Devin Hester was a rookie. He came in, he took six kickoffs or six returns to the house, basically. Punts or kicks. Yeah, which is and dumb as a rookie. Cr- <laughs> it was crazy. Well, he, he holds the record for most returns of all time with 19, I think. Jeez. Um, so he was, just, he was just the best, and it wasn't even close. And uh, But basically, he ever it, it almost felt like that season, it almost felt like every time you kicked him, like he might take it to the house. Like you just don't yeah, know. Yeah, team's always on their heels. Um, and so it's like the Super Bowl Bears versus the Colts and the Bears are receiving the opening kick and everyone's thinking it but no one knows if it's actually going to happen yeah. and they kick it to Devin Hester and sure enough he just it takes it all the way it first play of the game it was like the craziest thing I'd ever seen and everyone was like no way like everyone knew it might happen and then it happened it was just like a really cool moment so you love that um for me I would probably pick that one because it's one of my favorite sports moments of all time but it's probably not going to give me picks so, so let's see 
I'm going to do the one that's going to get me picks, and I'm going to pick Kobe's, yeah. I think it was 60 or 61 points Point on game. his final his game. His final game. I think that was pretty cool. And this was after he had, like, torn his Achilles, and he came back. He was old. He was washed. He was, like, kind of a rotational player. He wasn't, he yeah, wasn't, he wasn't like, the Kobe of his prime. No, he wasn't scoring a whole bunch. Like, he was scoring, but he wasn't, like, the old Kobe. So he everybody knew he was calling it quits. And I guess before the game, Shaq, which is, like, one of his old teammates, and they had some, like, rough spots, but they are also really close. But Shaq told Kobe, like, I dare you to get 50. And he goes, all right. And he put, like, do you know what it was? I think it was 60 It was, it was over 60 for sure. Let me look it up. I think it was 60 or 61. I don't I don't know that it was over that. Um, just look up Kobe's final game or Kobe's yeah. last game. But anyway, so, so Shaq asks him that. 60 points. 60 points. So Shaq says. Shaq says, uh, score 50, and he goes, all right, and he scores 60. 60 points is crazy. Yeah, when the final score is like 120, he scored almost half their points. Yeah, I mean, there's some NBA games that end uh, in the 80s, in the 90s, the 90s. And 80s, 90s, and 100s. One and so player put up 60. He put 60. The crazier thing is one time, I think it was only one time, one time in Kobe's career, he put up 80 points in a game, which is yeah, crazy. so stupid. 80 points in a game. The record, though, is Wilt Chamberlain. He put up 100 points in a game. That's uh, that, That'll never be broken. There's no. nobody in the, there's nobody ever that will put 100 points in a game, ever. So that's crazy. But Kobe, 60 points in his final game. After he tore his Achilles, he's old, he's washed, he's like 40. He played in the league for 20 years, and he puts up 60 points. That's crazy. Rest in peace, Kobe. We yep. love you, homie. Um, but anyways so my honorable mentions was that Devin Hester house is the opening kick yeah and then the other one was the Giants beat the Patriots in the 2007 yeah. Super Bowl that one was crazy because mm-hmm. the Patriots were 18 and 0 they were the best football team of Hadn't all time lost yeah and they got mossed by Eli Manning <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just, it was just funny it was just the best man Eli was like never even really that good and somehow he always had the Patriots number because like four years later in 2011 they beat him again and it was just it's just Comedy. really funny. You just love it. So, um, that's you got any honorable mentions? I just had Jumpman on my head. Jumpman. I mean, it's arguably, it may not have been one of the best sports moments, but most iconic moments. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like, it, it was a, just in a dunk contest. Like, it wasn't Absolutely. monumental for sports, but it, it, it's still on every Jordan ever to come out. Yeah, there's a lot of dunk contest stuff that's, like, monumental. Like, like Vince Carter's dunk contest. That's a really yeah. big one that people remember. Mm-hmm. Nate Robinson. Uh, uh dunking over yeah homie but nate robinson won a dunk contest he's like five foot eight which is yeah crazy. he flew he, to the moon homie's yeah, vert he, is huge he jumped over dwight howard for one of his dunks yeah and dwight howard's like seven foot two or something like that um crazy so yeah there's some there's some really cool moments a lot of i could talk about a lot of football moments like i'm people are probably gonna get mad at me that i didn't talk about beast quake Mm. Um, but I don't think that's like necessarily a universal sports moment. It's just yeah. Seahawks fans. We went nuts. Over you guys know. Anyhow, all right. So that's it. Uh, to recap, Ben Pickfirst will say his. He's got Super Bowl Fifty One, the the comeback, twenty eight to comeback. three. He's got Cleveland wins their first title with LeBron James after he came back. Uh, he has Tiger Woods comes back and wins a Masters. Michael Phelps eight gold medals and one Olympic games, Summer Olympics, and then he's got MJ's the shot. And then I got Miracle on the Ice in the in the eighties. Uh, yeah, eighties Winter Olympics. Was it nineteen eighty? 
AD, yeah. Oh, 1980s Winter Olympics. And then I got Jesse Owens wins four golds in 1936 in the midst of Nazi Germany, literally in Nazi Germany. And then Jackie yeah, Robinson, uh, Jackie Robinson's first major league game in 1947. I got Babe Ruth calls his own shot in 1932 World Series game three. And then I got Kobe's final game when he scored 60 points and then Let's called it go. quits. So all of them are amazing sports moments and the ones that we mentioned um honorably afterwards are great too so that's it that's all we got for today i gotta go to bed because we got church in the morning church in the morning folks be there and yeah <laughs> see it you were not going to hear this until monday but come yeah next that's time. what i'm telling you come next week so see us at church come to echo come to summer camp this summer it's gonna be crazy yes oh we're also adding another a new episode we just decided that oh um, yeah it might not be every week, but most weeks we're going to add a second episode, and that episode will just be our message from Wednesday. From Wednesday night, so we can yeah. archive them. Yeah, so um, if you guys want more of a full-on message Echo youth and service, service and kind of thing, Bible study type thing. Uh, See what another, Big Baby B's chatting about on Wednesdays. There'll be another weekly episode, so it'll be great. So we love you. Uh, cue the outro. Be seeing you.